everybody. Welcome to the OETA Movie Club podcast. My name is Jeff Moreva. I'm the director of the show, and I'm here with the host, Mr. Robert Birch. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everybody. How's it going today? Uh, pretty good. You know, good. it's a good day for a film. It is. It's a good day. To and talk this is about a good film. It's a very good one. Um, so this is the OETA Movie Club podcast. We come to you each week. We discuss our upcoming movies. The OETA Movie Club uh, airs on OETA every Saturday night at 9. It repeats the following Friday at 11, so be sure yeah. to tune in for that. Um, and so for what we do for the podcast, we get together and we talk, we talk about our upcoming movies. It's yeah. that simple. Sure. So, um, so this week, An American in Paris. Starring Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly. Leslie 19, Caron. 1951. Oscar Levant. Great. Uh, My favorite. W- winner, you know, Oscar winner movie of the year, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, best picture that year. Um, just a great movie. Um, just one that uh, hopefully we, you know, can talk about forever and ever. This was uh, Gene Kelly's favorite. I-, I said earlier, I said it was uh, Gene Kelly's favorite uh, musical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. Uh, I should have said it's uh, Gene Kelly's favorite of his, his musicals, music, yeah. right? I mean, maybe he was a West Side Story fan. Maybe he likes exactly. Sound of Music. You never know. You, know? you never but, know. Uh, he, yeah, I think he's a little partial to this one. Right. Um, you know, Vincent Minnelli was hired to direct this. Uh, Liza Minnelli's yep. uh, father, uh, he was married to um, uh, Judy Garland at the time. Well, he was in the middle of the divorce yes. when this was being shot. So he had to kind of step away from the camera, step away from the directing duties. And lo and behold, who steps into those shoes but Gene, Gene Kelly. Kelly. Of course. And, you know, Gene Kelly uh, didn't have such a great reputation amongst uh, cast and crew no, back in the day. Unfortunately, he did not. He was he was quite the perfectionist, apparently, yeah. and, and very kind of hard to work with. Um, but uh, Made Debbie Reynolds cry. He made Debbie Reynolds cry. That's Man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, one of those, you know, you see the, the final product and you're like, man, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. Well, yeah, but you I mean, know. those people were tortured. You yeah, know, I was, was like, you know, like, hopefully it was worth doing a it. A day and a half <laughs> of, of dancing this one little part, and over you and didn't over. get it right under the hot lights. And yeah. Um, yeah, he, uh, uh, he, he was so involved in this film, though, even from the very start. Yeah. I mean, there was another actress that they had, uh, that they had thought about for the, the, the female lead in this, and... Uh, he had been to Paris and seen the ballet there, and there was a, a dancer that he really he thought was great, and, and he wanted to audition her for the role. It was Leslie yeah. Caron. Yeah. Um, she didn't speak any English, not a word of English. Oh, man. Her mother's uh, American, but apparently didn't, you know, uh, she didn't pick up any of the language from her mother. Right. Uh, I'm sure her mother lived in Paris and was French. speaking yeah. French, right? Yeah. So, um, but uh, he um, he flew uh, he flew to Paris to screen test her. She had never seen a Gene Kelly film, had no idea who this guy was, right? Right, and was wow. not all that impressed, I guess. You know, but, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but she got the role. This was uh, her. I mean, she was an unknown. She was a yeah. dancer. And um, uh, you know she became a big star after this. Yeah. I mean she uh, she le- uh, she learned to speak English um, fairly quickly, and they have people on set, you know, to yeah, to, of course, you know, with lessons. But yeah, um, yeah she stars in Gigi uh, after this with mm-hmm. uh, Louis Jordan and Maurice Chevalier, and yeah. and uh, is, uh, one of my favorite films too. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I I can't get over some of the dance sequences in this. I mean, and she's in, you know she's a part of them, and but I mean, the seventeen minute dance sequence at the end <laughs> is incredible. I mean, it's yeah. just that's pretty. That's I mean that would have been a huge undertaking. Right. Um, I mean, that was just that's well, just crazy. Well, it cost half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. And it took, uh, it took a like month. a month just for that one scene. 17 minutes. Yeah. 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 A month crazy. of shooting. And what's crazy is it's 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 almost all dance. I mean, the last right. there's there are no words spoken during the last 20 minutes, 20 and a half minutes <laughs> of this film. Right. Um, no, no dialogue whatsoever. And that's just unheard of. I know. Yeah. yeah. And then they're singing. They're of singing, course, right? Yeah, right? Right. So the but, the plot is moved along through dance and through the lyrics. Right. But uh, there's yeah, there's no spoken. Word. No actual dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Gene Kelly was pretty adamant about shooting this in Paris. Right. But he very much wanted. He um, wanted to do it in to Paris. Basically, bring Paris to an audience. Right. You know that you would feel like you experienced. Being in this beautiful, beautiful city that he loved so much. Right. But no, they didn't get to go to Paris. Right. They built 44 sets. Louis Mayer 44 did not want sets. To, uh, to send everybody to Paris. Nope. Would have, been cost, would have cost too much money. That's what he said. Um, apparently, there are two shots in uh-huh. this film, though. In Paris. That are actual shots of Paris. Right. I, don't, it, I don't know what they are. But there's two shots. I, I think so it's when just you're probably scenery. The movie, be sure you know, to look for those and sure let us know. That's right. Where they are, because we didn't see them either. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, the Oscar Levant, the dream sequence uh-huh. um, is I didn't know this is a tribute to Buster Keaton. Yeah. In the opening sequence of the Playhouse from 1921, Keaton played every role: the right. conductor, the stagehand, every member of the orchestra. The actors, each member of the audience, everything. And so the dream sequence is a tribute to that. Right. I, I had no idea. He was a big fan of, of yeah. Oscar Keaton's. And I'm a big fan of Oscar Levant. You know, yeah. he, was, uh, he was one of the main, uh, like a frequent and, and favorite guest on the Jack Parr show. Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, he's just that dry wit, uh, the uh, the guy that you'd love to invite to your cocktail party. Right. You know, if you have these highbrow cocktail parties, <laughs> like I do, of course. Of course. Um, and, um, yeah, he's just a real dry wit, and, and uh, he would sit down at the piano and just entertain. You know, it was just, uh, just sort of magic. It was, yeah. Uh, but it's more of a more of a Manhattan uh, up. Yeah, upper West Side or, or Upper East Side sort of uh, crowd that he, right. he favored. But he was good friends with uh, George Gershwin, which oh, is why right. he signed on to this. Right? right. And the Gershwins were heavily involved in the in the development of this film. Yeah. The 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 whole idea for this came when the um, the producer went to see a, a concert at the Hollywood Bowl, which was a, a a retrospective of Gershwin's jazz. Yep. And he thought, what if we did a film and we combined two things that he loved very much were the uh, Gershwin and uh, French uh, Impressionist painting. And so, you know, the, the dream, the end sequence in um, the, the big ballet dance uh, has uh, several different uh, Impressionist painters uh, used as the theme for those uh, sequences in the in that dance. 
Yeah. So you've got uh, Manet and uh, Toulouse-Lautrec, and like there's a sequence of Van Gogh, who's not French. I gotta you know, <laughs> right. point out he's he's Dutch, but uh, but you know, yeah, uh, he's he's in there, and uh, you know, it's just a, a surreal and but yet a beautiful um, sequence. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder, would you have gotten that? If you weren't on a soundstage, if you had actually shot in Paris, uh, that's true. Would you have gotten the kind of art that that we enjoy yeah. now with this film? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um, I didn't know that in 1951, movie musicals were not necessarily what the movie houses were wanting to back. Right. And Gene Kelly, in order to persuade the MGM executives to back another a dance film again, um, he screened the 1948 movie The Red Shoes for them. Uh-huh. I've never seen that. Nor have I. I've ne- I, we'll have to put that I, on. I was like, I, I started reading this, and I was like, The Red Shoes, 19... 19- now I want to go see it. I've seen The Red Balloon. I've seen, I've seen The Red Balloon. I've seen that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I thought that was interesting. The Red Shoes from 1948. I That's a movie that's completely... Yeah. I've never even heard of or anything. The man with the one red shoe. <laughs> right. <to be> <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I thought, well, now I'm going to have to go watch another movie, The Red Shoes from 1948, yeah. to see, like, how, is, how are the dance numbers well, in that? Like, if it, that one if it, it, I mean, if it persuaded the MGM executives to back this movie, right. it must be pretty good. It must be, yeah, it must have really impressed them yeah. because they're going to spend half so, a million dollars on this um, in 1951. Uh, right. Dollars, right. Um, another fact about Gene Kelly in this movie was he was literally double the age of his co-star. <laughs> he was 38. She was 19. Wow. Yeah. And she's like love scenes. And, right. You know, with, yeah. And the, there's the, the other actor, um, the, not Oscar Levant, but, uh, gosh, I don't, I can't remember. Uh, but he's like two years younger than Kelly. Oh, uh, Jorge, um, what is his name? Um, Henri, yeah, Guterri or something like that. Yeah, that he, he's two years younger than than Gene Kelly, but he's playing a much older role. So they just put a little gray in his hair and called yep. it good. Yeah, you know. Oh huh. yeah, yeah. Um, Gene Kelly was not easy to work with, though. No, I mean, he, he, uh, Oscar Levant said that he was disliked by the cast and crew because of uh, his uh, snide remarks and, and his condescending, condescending attitude. Yeah, condescending, and, is apparently you know, the, he was, you know, like you said, a, a very, very big perfectionist. Yeah. At, at, the, at the cost of, you know, I mean, that, of, of too much of a cost, you know right, I mean? just, right. just like, But, you know, he was as hard on himself. True. And drove himself as, as hard as he did everybody else. True. True, and I didn't know that Fred Astaire was actually thought of for this role yeah. briefly before Gene Kelly. That would have been a completely different movie because I don't know what if if Fred Astaire, while the director was gone handling the divorce with Judy Garland, you know, uh-huh. when Ellie was gone, would Fred Astaire have been able to do what oh, Gene Kelly not. did? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Probably wouldn't want to have wanted to. Probably not. And the reason that uh, that they that they uh, had Gene Kelly in is because of his, you know, because of ballet. Right. Uh, and there's so much ballet in this. And uh, Fred Astaire was a, a brilliant dancer. He was great at tap and, and yeah. many other uh, forms. Modern, but but yeah. he wasn't a ballet guy. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of Oscar Levant, I didn't know that the part of the, his part, Adam Cook, the part of Jerry, Sein, Jerry Sidekick, 
um, was written specifically for him. Uh-huh. Um, I had no idea that he was a close personal close personal friend of Arthur Freed and, Vin, and Vincent Minnelli. Thank you. Yeah, I can't all talk these today. names, these, all these uh, names. I can't talk French today. French and Italian names, but, right? But yeah, I, I had it's no a very idea. It's continental that, day. Yeah, I had no idea it was written specifically for him. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I love. Well, when, you know, you have a role like that that you end up writing specifically for an actor. You know, he's this, you know he's like a such a good friend, you know, and the, and talented friend. Yeah. That yeah, they would. It's somebody that you would go, oh, well, let's put him in there. He'll make it. You know, he'll be great in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing I thought was funny about Vincent Minnelli. So apparently there was a break in production, um, November 1st, mm-hmm. 1950, they halted production, um, so that Gene Kelly could begin rehearsals on the ballet choreography. Um, they rehearsed that choreography until December 6th. <gasps> they didn't go back on shooting, resume shooting until December 6th. Ooh. So 35 days went by in that 35 days. Vincent Minnelli finished directing Father's Little Dividend. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. you need to take a break, Gene Kelly? Well, okay. I'll, go, I'll go direct another movie, I guess. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go direct. I'll, I'll get back. Wow. With you. Well, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, do his directing on, on this film, but, oh, he could go ahead and do another one. Right. Right. So it couldn't have been that difficult to, to direct Father's Little Dividend. Which, you know, there's another little bit in here that kind of connects that, right? So Father's Little Dividend is like the sequel to um, Father of the Bride. Right. Right? Um, uh, they used the same uh, costumes, the very same costumes, on Leslie Caron in American in Paris. Oh, cool. As, as Elizabeth Taylor wore in uh, Father of the Bride. So, you know, they're trying to save money course, again, yeah. right? But, I mean, exactly the same exactly costumes. The same. All of the costumes from, wow. from that. That's... I don't know. I don't know what, why they would, but yeah. other than just to save money, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I That would have to be it. Yeah, and that I it mean, would fit. I mean, it's close. You know, you can take it in here or there. But right. That it would, that Elizabeth Taylor's costumes would fit Leslie Caron. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is speechless. also. Speechless. 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 I'm speechless. Um, <laughs> no, this is also the first film to win the best picture uh-huh. At the Academy's musical or comedy, yeah, at the Golden Globe Awards, really, yeah, huh? First, 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 best picture Golden Globe Awards. I don't know. I guess the Golden Globes Awards started then. started in 1951. I guess, yeah, yeah. So I had no well, idea. You don't get a lot of this, you yeah, know. I know. Yeah, I know. But I just thought that was an interesting fact that they uh-huh. were the, they were the first best picture <laughs> Golden Globe. <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, doesn't say when the Golden Globe started, so it must have been that year. But, yeah, you know, that's but, always uh, kind of like a. Yeah, like eh, really the Golden Globes. Okay, sure. I know, they I still know. do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was about to ask. Do they still do that? Um, another great thing. So this was a really funny deal. I read. I thought this was funny when the film won the best ask best Oscar um, picture best picture of the year for the uh-huh. Oscar that year. MGM was totally surprised. They were not. Oh yeah. They were not expecting to I win. I love that. And um, so. The studio took out a full-page ad, full-page front-page ad in the tr- in the trade paper Variety, uh-huh. um, with their mascot Leo the lion, uh-huh. um, looking chagrined and sheepishly ad- admitting, "Honestly, I was just sitting in the sun waiting for a streetcar." <laughs> Referring, of course, to 
the ones that they expected. They to thought win, were going to win right, that which year, which were streetcar named Desire and a place in the sun. A place in the sun. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, honestly, I was just sitting in the sun waiting for the streetcar. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought that was hilarious. But yeah, they, they were surprised. For I mean, American that that is those are two. I mean, a place in the sun and a streetcar named Desire. I mean, those are two big, yeah. big huge contenders. Big and I like an American in Paris, but if I was voting, I don't think it would have got. I don't think it would have won right. for me. I would think streetcar. Streetcar would have probably yeah. won for me, yeah. but um, I digress. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just thought that was really really cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, another thing that I thought was really cool that I had no idea about was that this is only the second color film to ever win the Best Picture Oscar. Right. And it was 12 years after the first, which was Gone with the Wind, ah. 1939. So really? Only the second? Only the only second. Film? So between 1927 and 1961, only seven color films were awarded um, the Best Picture Oscar. Wow. Um, and you have The Greatest Show on Earth, 1952. That's color. Around the World in 80 Days, right. 56. The Bridge on the River Kwai, David Gigi, Lee. Ben-Hur, uh-huh. um, The Apartment. Um, is in color. Yeah, is yeah, in color. Is in color, yeah. So those are the only seven. So only seven. And, I mean, that's 1927 to that's 61. That's 34 years. Yeah. That, I mean, 34 I years. Been, because after, you know, say, uh, 38, we had Gone with the Wind and, and Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, all the Technicolor um, and everything. Yeah, I mean. That, audiences would demand color i right. would think but you, yeah you know black and white certainly is a lot cheaper to shoot right and edit um you know the film stock is much cheaper right. for the studio so oh, yeah that's why they they stayed with that and i'm sure uh that's why we had black and white tv as long as we did it's because it's just cheaper to uh the equipment's much cheaper um another great thing is after The Apartment in 1960, um, which was the seventh one of these films, after that, so after 1961, there's only been two black and white films to win the Best Picture Oscar after that. Wow. Schindler's List and The Artist. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. So the, so right. since That's 1961, there's only been two black and yeah. white films that have won, a, have won Best Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I I just was surprised by that. Only seven color films in the first thirty four years of of the Oscars huh. were only seven of them were in color. Yeah, and afterwards, I mean, we've already we've played the artist not too long right? ago. Yeah, so yeah, we just had this it. Year, yeah, but I doubt that we'll probably play Schindler's List anytime soon. But you know, yeah, um, just for con, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, God, that'd be an expensive movie. That'd probably be our, <laughs> that'd be our entire yearly budget. Um, but it is, man, that is a great oh, movie. Is. That is a heavy yeah, movie, absolutely. but that is a great movie. Um, another stat for this movie that I thought was really cool. Um, this is the only Best Picture Oscar winner to also win Best Original Screenplay hmm. in the history of the Academy Awards. Wow. The only one. To win Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay, hmm. according to okay. this, I, I, I believe it. It's I on the internet. There'd been a lot more than that. I, I would thought because you, know, thought you so have a too. good script, you have a good exactly film. That's why I was like, that's why I thought that 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 spec was or stat was so interesting. Yeah. I was like, really? That's huh. interesting. So, um, but anyway, we could tell stats all day long. All day long. All day we long. won't bore you with all those no, numbers no, 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 no. and we details. Are, 
And the reason we won't bore you is because we're out of time. <laughs> so, um, so I want to say thank you guys for listening and tuning in each week. Um, please thank join you. us again next week. Um, next week, um, we've got um, a great movie. We've got Black Stallion Ooh. Um, coming up December 17th. Mickey Rooney. Um, yeah, Terry Gar. Ooh, yeah. I like her. Yeah. She's, um, ooh, ooh, she's good. She's good. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we got another great movie coming up next week. I do want to give a shout out this week um, for our American in Paris uh, movie. We have a celebrity photo from Joe Van Hook of the new Christy Minstrels. Oh, yeah. Which is, is a great story. So, a few months ago, we showed A Mighty Wind, uh-huh. which is a great movie, kind of a parody so of, you know, of uh, Those folk, PBS folk, yeah. you know, folk. Pledge shows. concerts and stuff. Uh-huh. And um, so he sent in a photo and said, hey, I saw that you guys showed this movie. And they were kind of joking about, I was the manager for the new Christie Minstrels oh. for 13 years yeah. or whatever. Uh-huh. Here's a group photo of them. <laughs> so we've got a great photo of the new Christie Minstrels. So tune in for that. Now he said he didn't see the correlation between. Uh, I do. I, I, yeah. I, I do. I, I mean, that's I a direct correlation. Yeah, too. I see yeah. it. I see it. But, you know, I mean. It's it's that whole mentality of like like the Lawrence Welk thing that they did on Saturday Night Live. Uh-huh. Like I know some people that just could not understand the parody in that. And I'm like, it's just meant to be funny. Yeah. Just, just laugh at it, guys. Kristen Wiig with Chris, the yeah the with the weird hands. Weird hands. And, yeah. yeah. But uh, and you know, as the editor of Welk, I enjoy a good <laughs> laugh at the ex- at the expense of Welk. Sure. So sure. <laughs> yeah. so uh, we have a sense of humor here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Of course. So um, so yeah so. But anyway, Welk shout out. We got a we got a Welk. Hey, we got Welk in there. All right, so um, we've done our job for the day. <laughs> All right, well, tune in, please, every Saturday at nine. We repeat Friday nights at eleven. Tune in this week, like I said, American in Paris. Next week, Black Stallion, and um, and then we'll come to you each week and we'll talk about these movies and we'll keep it up. Sound it's having a, we're having a great time doing it. So I hope yeah. you're having a good time listening to it. So, um, yeah. yeah. So until next time, take care. Bye bye. Make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can preview all upcoming OETA Movie Club films at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And please send your celebrity photos to P.O. Box 14190, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73113, or you can email them to us at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And of course, tune in every Saturday night at 9 and on Fridays at 11. We'll see you on the couch every weekend for a great movie and fresh popcorn.